Hi everybody, this is Crypto Rich working with you to get rich with crypto, filling our pockets with crypto profit. And in this video, I'm going to have a, an interview with the founder and CEO of PumaPay. This is Yav Draw. Yav, I hope I've said your name correctly. You can tell me in a second. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, you pronounce it correctly. Fabulous. And Yav is uh, the CEO of PumaPay. Like I just said, they've had their ICO. And uh, we're going to be talking about what Puma PumaPay is what it does, how it works, and everything. All right, Yuav, thank you so much for making yourself available. You're in Cyprus. I'm two hours behind you in the UK. I think where you are is warmer than where I am. <laughs> That's for sure. It's warmer than most of the places, I guess. Yes. Thank you very much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be on your channel. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much. And you're welcome. You're already welcome to come again. <laughs> Even... <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good. Well, look, do you want to start by telling us a little bit, just in a few sentences, your personal, your professional background before PumaPay, what you did and uh, what brought you yeah, here? Sure. Uh, I've been involved in uh, several uh, companies, uh, online businesses uh, with a high uh, transaction volume processing. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been at uh, I've served at various roles: uh, COO, uh, CFO, eventually uh, CEO. And uh, about seven or eight months ago, we came to this idea of Puma uh, Pay through our uh, uh, own experience and through our own pain as a me uh, merchants of uh, high transaction volume uh, online. Right. And this is what Puma Pay's comes comes to solve. Okay, so what do you mean you ran businesses with high transaction volumes? What would that be? Well, that's businesses with uh, lots of uh, customers' transactions. Uh, right. so, most of them done uh, with uh, credit cards. Okay, okay. So, so, so not I'm not saying you ran this company, but something like eBay or Amazon would have high transaction volumes. Uh, well, eBay and Amazon will have uh, super extremely high transaction <laughs> volume, but right. uh, a, a lot of uh, uh, gaming uh, companies or uh, uh, adult entertainment companies or forex companies will also have a uh, high transaction volume. Okay, very good. So then you came up with the idea of PumaPay to be able to facilitate high transaction volume payments using the yes. blockchain. Yes, the... the the whole idea of uh, credit cards, <coughs> yep. uh, if we go really to the basics, uh, credit cards are a working solution for uh, payments online. But credit cards were not designed as a payment solution for online businesses. Credit cards were introdu introduced initially in the 50s of the of the 20th century. Yes. Okay. Uh, and the, there are a lot of problems associated with doing business with credit cards online. The, the initial uh, idea of the credit card was that the customer will come to the shop, will uh, uh, present the card, the merchant will take the number in some form, mm -hmm. and the customer will sign the deal. So far, so good. <clears throat> but the major problem of online businesses is that the customer is not present, and the card is not present, and the customer cannot sign. Right. And then this opens the door to uh, a lot of fraud attempts uh, and uh, exposes the merchant to a very big risk mm -hmm. because the policy of the credit card companies 
is to allow uh, uh, customers and buyers uh, to reverse their transaction. Up to six months after they made the, the, the purchase, they can call their bank and say, hey, listen, I, I don't recognize this. And Sorry, if up, to, up to six months? Uh, up to six months. Wow, I didn't know it was that long. Yeah. So up to six months, they can uh, call the, the bank and say, listen, uh, I don't remember doing this. Uh, someone stole my card. And if the merchant cannot prove it with a signature, then the bank just takes the money out of his account, give it back to the customer. The, wow. the, 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 the merchant cannot uh, even uh, dispute it. Well, they can dispute it later, but they rarely win. Uh, now imagine a business like an online uh, gaming site, a casino. You're going to the casino, you're very happy, you're playing, blah, blah, blah. Hey, you're losing. So you call your bank and you say, listen, I lost my card. The bank will cancel your card, they will go to the casino, and what they earned in fair play, I mean, it's a casino, but it's fair play, you agree yeah. to the terms, they will give it back to you and it's a loss to the casino. Uh, imagine another, another scenario uh, where someone goes uh, on uh, and some adult entertainment website, then his wife sees the, the, the credit card statement and she asks him, what is this charge, what is that charge? Oh, I don't know, I don't know, I will call the bank, I will cancel the card. And this happens all the time. And these businesses, the online uh, gaming, Forex, adult entertainment, and some others, are considered the high-risk businesses. Right. And for high-risk for high risk businesses, uh, the, credit card, the credit card companies, they have special policies for them. They set a certain threshold of reverse transactions, of this chargeback. It's called a chargeback. When a customer cancels his transaction, it's called a chargeback. Yeah. So they set a threshold of a certain percent of the... Uh, transactions that they cannot pass and if they pass it they go into a special uh, list that, uh, that is being monitored closely they pay fines for this not only that they lose the, the, the legitimate business that they did but they pay fines for each charger but and if they're above this the threshold for a certain period of time three months six months depending on the on the setting uh, the credit card company can terminate their account and send them out of business Wow. So this puts the, the merchants at, at great risk. Now, the merchant who doesn't want to be in this situation, they invest a lot of effort in trying to prevent chargebacks. By doing so, they have a lot of false positives. Okay, whether it's a, a, a computer algorithms or a, a humans that are monitoring transactions, there are a lot of errors. Okay. And they, they prefer... Excuse me, just, just like, okay, yeah. carry on, then I, I want to come back to this point. There's something you said. Okay, I, I will just uh, finish sure. the, the sentence. <clears throat> so, there are a lot of uh, uh, legitimate businesses that would have not turned into chargebacks that are being rejected. Wow. Just to, to, to be safe. And it depends on their efficiency in doing so. So, they're losing a legitimate business, they're losing, uh, they're losing uh, uh, money on the chargebacks, they're paying fines. And they are also investing in, uh, you know, um, all this uh, equipment and services from out the external companies to try and control this. Yeah, okay? that's, a, that's amazing. That's because I can see, it, like, there's three, no, there's four you pointed out, four points of loss. So one on the chargebacks, people doing fraudulent chargebacks for whatever reason. Yes. And yes. the other on the fines from the banks for the chargebacks and the potential yes. loss of business. And then the other, well, to prevent the chargebacks, the companies do lots of stuff. And that's what I wanted to ask you. 
uh, algorithm checks or whatever to make sure that they don't take on the kind of customers that do chargebacks. And then there's the cost of all those services, that extra um, yes. compliance and checking exactly. and auditing service. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, so how do companies try and prevent chargebacks or chargeback clients? Well, I don't that. There are uh, like third-party companies that provide these services, and uh, you can have all your payments go through uh, their uh, platforms. And then they claim they have like artificial intelligence or, or human resources that are uh, specialized in doing so. There are other companies who employ in-house uh, employees who either do it manually or semi-manually or uh, uh, writing the algorithm, but. Either way, uh, no matter how, how you turn it, it costs a lot of money. Yeah, and it's... Okay? In, and, no, this, is not all. this is not all. Because a high-risk business, they also pay a special high-risk rate for the credit card companies. Right. So if if the grocery uh, store down the street, they pay, uh, I don't know, 2.1%, the high-risk business can end up paying 4% or 5% wow. or 7%, depending on the setting. And this... I mean, you say, okay, 5%, 6%, doesn't sound a lot, but 5%, 6%, this is from the uh, gross uh, processing. Yeah. If, if the business is good and it has, less, let's say, uh, good uh, margins, 20%, so 7% out of 20%, it's 33%. So it's 33% of the profit, and we, I didn't uh, count in all the extra costs that we just mentioned. Yes, that's an additional growth. And then also when they do all the checking to try and weed out people that potential chargeback people, it's it's imprecise. Of course, this is what I said, the, the false yeah. positives. Yeah. But they reject a lot of uh, legitimate business that would not have turned into a chargeback. And, and what's the total loss? How much does this cost industry as a whole? Any idea? Uh, I read one uh, research, uh, and I think uh, we're citing it also on our white paper, and I think that uh, it was estimated that in 2017, uh, the, the total loss for chargebacks is $70 billion. Wow, $70 billion. That's, that's yeah. more than the GDP of many nations. It is. It that's is. extraordinary. It's, it, it sounds crazy. So, we... I'm telling you this because I I suffered this pain as a merchant as a, as a, as an executive in a, in a merchant uh, yeah. company uh, for many years, and when all this blockchain uh, technology started uh, to the, the, let's say the blockchain revolution started to erupt yeah. uh, last summer, it attracted our attention as well, and and we checked internally. How can this serve uh, our business? And we tried a lot of ideas. We uh, were brainstorming, and eventually we came uh, to the idea that it can solve us as merchants lots of pains in the payment uh, uh, space. And then we said, why solve it only to ourselves if we, if we can help uh, everyone? Mm. And Puma Pay uh, was born to do exactly that. We are looking at the payment problem from the merchant's perspective, and we are trying to solve their pains. And uh, what we did eventually, <coughs> we uh, designed a special architecture of uh, smart contracts that flips 
the mechanics of the crypto transaction. Uh, usually, when you want to pay with crypto, yeah. you have to send. You send your Bitcoin to someone. You yeah. send your address to an address. Uh, this is a very limited uh, way of doing business. And uh, personally, I believe this is one of the reasons, not the main, but one of the reasons that uh, crypto payments has not uh, evolved into something uh, uh, more than it currently is. With Puma Pay, we inverse the mechanics. Instead of having the customer sending his funds, we allow the merchant to connect to the customer's wallet and pull the funds from there. Of course, subject to pre-approved terms by the customers. Right. Why is this good? Because now, if you, as a merchant, uh, come to my uh, uh, magazine website and you scan the QR code and you're presented with a code that will tell you that this is a monthly sub subscription and you will pay me $3 a month for 12 months and you approve it, then I have the authorization every month to go to your wallet and pull $3 or whatever you approved. And this is a monthly subscription over the blockchain. And this is only one example. There are, uh, once, once you in, uh, reverse the mechanics, you can uh, design any transaction that you would imagine. Recurring transactions, uh, subscriptions, it's like the basic uh, and the first thing that comes to mind. But there are other examples as well. Mm -hmm. I can, uh, uh, I can uh, put my uh, QR code in a gas station, and when you come to fuel your car, you will scan the, the code that will be presented to you. And as you fuel, you will pay, the, the, the pump will uh, pull funds from your account by the liter. Wow. Or by the, by the gallon, depends on when, uh, where you are. And there are no limitations here. Anyone, we're creating a protocol, okay, a, a very basic layer. And anyone can come and design their own transaction based on their own business logic. Okay. So that anyone can come and then take, make, take a payment with permission. That's important, yes. right? With permission. There's got to be, gotta be a, a permission from the customer. And then what if, what if I want to cancel the subscription, like I take out a magazine subscription? Very easy. Okay. You go to your wallet. Yeah. You check, uh, you go to the, your tab of uh, active subscriptions. You see the magazine that you want to unsubscribe from, and you just unsubscribe. That's it. Okay. All right, and then um, I'm, I'm just thinking the applications is just incredible because this is larger than what we originally talk about dealing with chargebacks. And, and how would it work within the chargeback system? Well, there aren't any chargebacks on the blockchain because transactions are irreversible. So it's not, we did not invent the solution to chargeback. The blockchain itself uh, solves chargebacks. But... It is very inconvenient uh, for businesses to work with uh, crypto today because it does not allow the flexibility that they are used to with credit cards. Right. Because there are, there are a lot of payment models and types of transactions that you know not, not everyone are aware of. Like, uh, for example, on dating sites, it is very common to have a three days uh, free trial mm -hmm. and then a recurring, recurring monthly subscription. How would you do that with a Bitcoin? You cannot. No, I'd have to remember, I'd put a note in my diary, or they send me an email, and then I send them. Exactly. Yeah. But with Puma Pay, you can. And you can design exactly this transaction. Okay. Uh, 
or, or you can uh, you can design whatever you want. Someone can design a transaction that will say, uh, whenever the, the the tide is up and the weather is this and that, charge the customer a hundred uh, tokens or whatever. And as long as the customer accepts it and approves it, then it goes. Okay. Now, what's the? I mean, the the applications are massive because this is beyond chargeback. We're now in the world of subscription payments, or even like you said, buying petrol. That's just that's just yes. the, the market is is ginormous. It's yes, and it's not it's not limited. It is not limited uh, uh, to online businesses. Yeah. Imagine you can pay your electricity bill with PoolPay. It is a recurring transaction with a variable amount. So you will say you will receive your electricity bill. You will scan the QR code. You will see the the terms of the uh, contract. It will say, based on uh, our analysis, you do not uh, uh, pay more than a hundred dollars per month. So you set a limiter. Do not pay more than hundred dollars a month, and that's it. And then the electricity company will charge you crypto whenever uh, uh, you have to pay. And there are more advantages here for the for the merchant that are blockchain advantages. Mm-hmm. For example, the, transa- the 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 cash flow, the transactions are immediate. With a credit card, between the time that you pay and the time that the uh, money clears in the merchant's bank, it can take between days and weeks, depending on the setting. Okay, with crypto, it's immediate. You okay. paid, you got the money. That's it. Uh, uh, costs. We uh, discussed the, the the credit card costs costs earlier. With Puma Pay, it's free. There are no costs to use the protocol. Currently, when we're Ethereum, uh, uh, someone has to pay to uh, the gas, and I will speak about this in a second. Mm-hmm. But uh, the final deployment will most likely be on the next generation blockchain, not on Ethereum, because Ethereum has uh, uh, its own uh, uh, problems. But we are looking into uh, other blockchains like uh, uh, Orbs, EOS, and, and others, and the, the costs there are much lower, and the, the transaction uh, settlement time is much faster. Okay. So it will be on a commercial grade and scalable, and 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 the, with the ability to compete with credit cards. Okay, and then what what types of cryptocurrency can be taken as payments? Bitcoin, Ethereum, or just Puma Pay? The the only token uh, with which you can transfer value over the protocol is Puma Pay, the PMA token. Uh-huh. Okay, this is why it is important for uh, people to have this token so they can use it because you can really use it. But in uh, uh, later uh, releases of our uh, wallets, you will be able to easily convert any crypto to uh, Puma. Okay. All right, all right, and then and then can you just take us through the, the tokenomics or the value of the token? So I get a whole bunch of Puma Pay tokens, mm-hmm. and then I can use them to buy goods and services exactly. in this way, where where I give permission to the to the yeah. merchant to extract the required funds. Now, is it is it easy to, for me to say to be able to say adjust the smart contract? They can take ten Puma Pay every month for twelve months. How simple is that process? It is very simple, but it is not for you to say. The merchant set the terms of the smart contract. They designed the smart contract. They designed the transaction. Right. Okay? 
and, and we made it easy for them. We will uh, release a, a, a special wizard to create uh, all the terms. When you scan the QR code, you get the terms from the smart contract. So you see, the merchant will charge me $12 every one month up to 12 months. Accept or reject. Right. You want the date? You want what they offered you? You accept. You don't want, you reject. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. All right. And then how do I know that there isn't any sort of secret back doors being created by malicious merchants? I'm not a coder. I can't read smart contracts. Exactly. So there are two things here. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, uh, the first bunch of uh, pool contracts is going to be designed by PumaPay and certified by PumaPay. Thereafter, <coughs> as we said, the protocol is open for everyone to create their own transactions. The protocol is uh, open for everyone. We will also have an SDK that will allow developers to create their own wallets. We will have our wallet, but anyone can develop their wallet using our SDK to use uh, the protocol. So uh, there's a room uh, for a lot of third-party uh, companies to create extension services that are not free, right. not part of the protocol. So, for example, uh, there are companies today that are certifying smart contracts. They are checking them, auditing, testing, and then they give their uh, approval. A company like that can come and uh, to offer their services uh, over the PumaPay uh, protocol, so developers will have a certificate, they will pay something for it, perhaps they will want a certain uh, fee from the, each transaction or whatever, Right. but they will have a business model on top of PumaPay, and that's another re reason why it is important to keep PumaPay completely free, so others can, uh, uh, can earn. Uh, <coughs> okay. Now, if it's completely free, isn't there a risk of um, spamming the blockchain? Because there's no cost. Like one of the reasons why I will uh, get no, no, spam the, email the, the, is oh, because okay. it doesn't. You could send me a hundred emails every ten minutes. It won't cost you anything. It'll correct. frustrate and stress the hell out of me, annoy me. <laughs> oh, correct. But uh, first of all, uh, PumaPay is free, but PumaPay. Uh, is built on top of a blockchain. Currently, Ethereum, later on, something else. Uh, the blockchains, they have their own uh, uh, processing fee, gas in Ethereum or uh, whatever in other blockchains. And another interesting point that I wanted to uh, mention, <coughs> uh, when you pay with cryptocurrency today, when you pay in uh, Bitcoin, yeah. you pay the fee. So you as a customer, you pay more than you intended. Yeah. With PumaPay, since we inverse the mechanics and you, the customer, are not the one who initiates the transaction, the merchant bears the fee. So you pay mm. only what you were supposed to pay. And for the merchant is good because what they pay is so much less than what they would have paid to Visa or to uh, uh, other uh, credit card companies yeah. that it makes sense. Okay. Okay, very good. And and do you have a uh, MVP or a product or any merchants that are using this system right now? Yes. Uh, we first of all we have uh, both uh, Android and uh, iOS wallets. You can uh, download it from the website. Yeah. Uh, you have the link there. <coughs> uh, currently, we have a first implementation with our launch partner, which is imlive.com. It's uh, an adult entertainment uh, webcam uh, platform. Uh -huh. uh, 
anyone can go there and uh, buy uh, I'm Live credits. This is their, their uh, currency. It's not a cryptocurrency, just an in-store credit uh, using Puma Pay. Uh, and this, this is just the first implementation. It's nothing pull. It's simple push. Uh, and we are working very, very hard uh, to bring on board a lot of early adopters. We already have uh, signed more than 40 uh, early adopters, companies who committed to adopt the protocol. Uh, and we are working very hard to uh, on version 2 of the protocol, which will enable simple recurring transactions over the Ethereum uh, blockchain. Mm -hmm. This will be our uh, proof of concept and the minimum viable product. And thereafter, on our uh, roadmap, we have every intention by Q Q1 uh, 2019 to deliver uh, the rest of the protocol on the next generation blockchain. Okay. Okay. Uh, sorry, when in 2019? Uh, Q1. Uh, Q1. Hopefully Q1. at the beginning and uh, maybe later on. All right. But now, one, thing, doing, yes, one of the things that I'm interested in in my channel uh, that I cover a lot are ERC20 tokens with passive income. So like Spectre or uh, Populous or, or PayPi, Veritasium. So is there any way that PMA allows for passive income or is it just the gaining the value because it's limited supply? Look, the PMA token is first and foremost a utility token which you can use to uh, uh, buy goods and services uh, with a lot of merchants, okay? Right. It, it's not like a, a, a platform-specific token which you can utilize in that platform, then you have nothing to do with it. You use it in one platform, then you can uh, use it in another platform. And we're building a whole ecosystem where uh, uh, platforms will be able to use the tokens that they receive as, as income to buy their own services like hosting services or, or traffic or uh, or even rent or whatever. So the the, the, the value of holding a Puma Pay token is that you have a lot of things to do with it. Yeah. Yep, I got and it. Yes, as you mentioned, yes, the, the, the supply is limited. Uh, you can see the supply on the screen. 78 billion tokens were minted. Yes. No token we ever minted. Uh, okay. No, I can get it. I can get it because, you know, Litecoin is a payment token. It's a coin. Right. This is a token because it doesn't have its own blockchain, but it's for transactional purposes like Litecoin. I got it. All right. And then if I wanted to get PMA tokens, where would I go? Well, at some point you would go to exchanges. Uh, we are not listed yet in any exchange. We just uh, finalized the, the token generation event uh, last week on May 7th. All right. Uh, yeah, like Monday last week. Um, but hopefully, sooner, better sooner than later, we will be listed in some exchanges, and then you can go and buy. Okay, and then I imagine as an ERC twenty token, it would be on on Fork Delta and Ether Delta, because just about anybody can write in the smart contract. I I, I think it's already there. Yeah, uh, I, I, I and and just just for the viewers, I have stopped using Ether Delta. I no longer go to Ether Delta. If you do go, there have been all sorts of problems with that uh, decentralized exchange. If you do go, do so at your own peril. You know, use your Ledger Nano or MyEtherWatt, My MetaMask, 
to connect to it. And I've never used Fork Delta. I've not heard any bad things, but you do got to be careful. Okay. It, it, looks, it looks quite the same. I think it's the they're, same They're thing. the same. There's been all sorts of problems with Ether Delta, which I'm not going to go into. You'll have to subscribe to my channel and, and watch my Ether Delta ICO review. All right. You okay. know. <laughs> all right. Now you have, tell me about the ICO. I mean, it says here you raised $117 million. Uh, yeah, that is correct. That's a lot we of money. That, that to me is incredibly successful. Uh, thank you. Uh, for us too, uh, we had a hard cap of 150 million and we, we almost uh, reached it. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting uh, to say that there was no uh, crowd sale here, only private sale. We only sold to, to accredited investors uh, on the pre-sale. Uh, and yes, the results are pretty amazing. We're That's very, very Because most ICOs, certainly the ones that I cover, they have a hard cap of $30 million. And in this current climate with the bear market, you know, people aren't so keen to invest. Some people are still in the red when they invested earlier in the year yes. when Bitcoin was at 15, 16 and above, 1,000, right? So, yes. So you raised $117 million and no public sale, all in the private sale. Yes. Why? And Why do you think that happened? I have an idea, but I want to hear it from you. Well, it didn't happen. It was a decision, and right. it wasn't. It wasn't an easy decision, but eventually, with as you said, the current climate and the current uh, regulatory climate, uh, we reached the conclusion that uh, uh, having a, a, a public uh, or a crowd sale brings too much risk and uh, will eventually draw the attention of the management from building this project to defending the project and right. we didn't want that and I'm sure I know I know there were, were a lot of people who wanted to participate and who wanted to buy and we disappointed them by cancelling the, the uh, crowd sale but we did that uh, only with the best interest of the project itself because we want to focus on building PumaPay, building the ecosystem, building the protocol. We don't want to start dealing, you know, with all these regulatory agencies, asking questions, demanding answers. Uh, so I, th I think this was a, it was a very, very hard decision, but it was with the best interest of the project. Okay, so then you went to institutional investors. I, I, I don't want to uh, discuss the, the contributors who contributed to the project. Sure. A lot, uh, a lot were, were uh, involved and uh, we're very happy with them. Sure. And I'm not asking you for you to identify any of them. I'm just talking in general terms, right? Because it, it, this is what I'm thinking, right? And, and, and if you're watching this, you've got to check this out. My argument may not hold any water, but it seems to me that what you've got is a really good viable business proposition. Because I would imagine institutional investors are pretty hard-nosed. They're not going to throw their money at any project that comes along. They're going to want to see the potential for its growth and also the potential for the return on its investment. You know, if I were to give you a million ETH, which I don't have, by the way, you are, right? I'm sorry to do that. <laughs> I, I don't have ETH there. I know. I'm sorry too, right? <laughs> but it, well, but it, 
But if I had a million ETH, you know, my background is in social work. It's not in business. I don't think from business. But for some organization to put in whatever they put in, 500, I don't know, 1,000, I'm making numbers up. They're going to be looking for the growth like any uh, business investor would. That, that, yes. That's my yeah. point. It, it, to uh, to uh, me, it's I, a validation of your offering. Well, uh, I will take that as a compliment. And I think that uh, one of the things that uh, a lot of uh, contributors uh, looked at and uh, told us that they're happy with is the team and the experience that we bring. Uh, because we have a lot, we have decades of, of, of human years in experience in uh, uh, building uh, companies, in dealing with uh, high transaction volume, dealing with uh, uh, being a, a merchant, and right. we bring all that to the project. Uh, so people put a lot of faith in uh, in, in our team. Okay. Very good, very good. Okay, well, one thing that I'm going to link to, I'm going to have all your links in the description below, and people can go through it and do their own due diligence. And if they want to buy, they can go to Fork Delta or Ether Delta, or they can wait for an exchange. Now, here comes the inevitable question. Two words. When exchange? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, uh, it's of our interest as well that uh, people will be able uh, uh, to buy the token and will be satisfied with it. But uh, I cannot uh, give, I, I don't have any more information. We are, uh, uh, we will do our best, whatever we can, uh, to bring it to exchanges. It's not only up to us, it's also up to exchanges. Uh, I don't know. Let's wait and see. Sure. Uh, eventually, it will happen. I mean, it doesn't make sense that it won't. Sure. Eventually, it will happen. Probably weeks. Yeah, and Rob, let me say something about that, right? Because I, I, I see this a lot in Telegram groups and stuff and comments, when exchange, when exchange, when exchange. And I don't think people realize there's two things that happens when it comes to an exchange. So one is the exchange has to do a lot of work in integrating this new coin or this new token. Now, if it's an ERC-20 token, it may not take that much work because it runs in Ethereum blockchain. But if it has its own blockchain, especially if it's a privacy coin, it can take a lot of work. The other yes. thing is, and I don't think people understand this, token holders, coin holders, investors, exchanges demand listing fees, really, really high listing fees. You know, something like, I've heard ridiculous amounts, $1 million, $2 million, $3 million. And then the choice that any ICO has is should they, the, the, the ETH that you've earned during the ICO, should you spend it on getting an exchange listing to the tune of a million dollars or two million dollars, or should you spend that money on developing your product, which is going to give uh, it longer term value? And I think one of the things that could happen is that people, you know, I, I could, I'm going to launch an ICO, I'm going to tokenize myself. You're going to buy the crypto rich coin, right? And I make, I'm, I reach $150 million, <laughs> right? And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend 200 BTC. You've got to pay in BTC for mine, right? You got to, I'm going to spend 200 BTC to get it listed on, on a large exchange. The value of crypto-rich coins goes through the roof. So I'm really rich because I've paid with money that I've not even earned. People have just given it to me. But I've not spent anything on developing 
my product or what the coin does. You have just described the, the worst nightmare of all the regulators around the world about the ICO business. This is exactly, exactly why they are uh, uh, coming down on all these ICOs and we saw it uh, stopped at uh, China and heavily regulated uh, elsewhere and people, uh, ICOs are avoiding the United States just because of that. Right. And I heard, I heard stories, of, uh, just like you described. I had this exactly scenario. And, uh, you know, even I heard stories, uh, people with uh, no bad intention, and they raised a lot of money, and they were very successful, but they don't have the experience, they don't know how to develop the product, and then they became very rich because they raised a lot of money, some went to their pocket as uh, founders, uh, and uh, now they're looking for someone to, to take on their liabilities to, to the community, what they... Uh, uh, said they will do in the white paper, and they're just, you know, selling or, or giving away their their product for someone to to develop because uh, they feel that uh, they earned enough. Uh, so, so yes, we, we we don't see the ICO itself uh, as a goal. Of course, it was a goal, but this is not the goal. This is not yeah. the purpose. This 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 is just the means that will enable us to achieve our goals. And the reason we insisted on such a high cap in such a crazy times uh, is because you do not compete with the world uh, leading uh, payment solutions and credit card companies with $30 million. You, you cannot do that. Right. Okay. Even $117 million is not a lot to do that. If you if if you come to think about it, yeah. what what needs to be done here? I mean, the the, the business effort to bring uh, more uh, companies to adapt the protocol and to bring customers to use it. It will take a lot of money, and that's the purpose we raise this money to do exactly that. Very but, good. Uh, this is where the money is going to go for marketing, for business development, for the development of the protocol itself, of course. Great. Okay. Well, just on that, one of the you've got all this money. How are you going to resolve the scalability issues? Of Ethereum. Yeah, yes. Well, I said the the final implementation of Pumapay is most probably going to be on a next generation blockchain. Uh, we're looking at Orbs, which is a very very interesting uh, solution. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a very very good fit to our needs. But also uh, uh, EOS, uh, and uh, we, we were discussing also others like Cardano and uh, even uh, Stellar. Uh, I still don't know. It's, uh, right. Our CEO and our uh, technical teams eventually will uh, make their decision. But uh, unless Ethereum will come up with like, their own next generation blockchain, we will probably see PumaPay migrates to another uh, blockchain. But by the way, uh, uh, there is a, there can be a situation where the transactions are on one blockchain, like Orbs, but the token stays on uh, Ethereum because it's very convenient with exchanges, as you said yourself. Yeah. Currently, there is no uh, decision. We are discussing, we are checking, we are researching, and we will do. Uh, uh, we will find the best solution for uh, for the project for PumaPay. Great. Okay. Great. Very good. And if people want to get involved, 
involved in what? Well, let me. That's not a complete question, is it? <laughs> if they want to get involved with you, you have or something. If they want to come and make you tea. <laughs> well, that'll be weird. <laughs> no. So, so, so you, so this is what I'm thinking of normally, right? An ICO, certainly the ones that I deal with, they go to, there's lots of individual investors and there's a Bitcoin talk group and there's a Telegram group. And I can now understand why you're having post-ICO marketing because you need individual investors to find out about Puma, Puma Pay so they can actually start collecting and amassing Puma Pay for when, when it goes live as a payment protocol. Yes? Okay. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Okay, well, that was just my theory about it, right? Now, is, uh, but if somebody uh, wants to know more about Puma Pay, do you have a Telegram group? Is there yes, yes. Bitcoin? We have the Telegram group Puma Pay. Uh, you can go on our website. I think uh, if you scroll up on our website, there's a button, join the Telegram button. Uh, yeah. Join the Telegram group. Okay, I'll have all those links. Yep, there it is. Telegram, Facebook, yeah. Twitter. Very good. Yeah. Very good. All right. Is there anything okay. else you want to say that we haven't covered that you think would be important? Um, no, I think I think we covered everything. Uh, I sincerely hope uh, that we will stand up to the expectation that uh, so many people have in us and that we will be able to deliver what we believe can be the future of uh, payments. Yes. Uh, and now, from now on, it's it's hard work. We're working very, very hard. Very good, very good. Now, is there any, do you have any competition? Any well, other sure. coins that are doing similar? There are a lot of uh, competition. First of all, the credit card companies, we see them as competition. We're going yeah. to compete with them. Yeah. Uh, um, Services like PayPal, Stripe, uh, but also on the blockchain. There are other uh, um, teams or, or entrepreneurs or companies who are attacking the, the payments problem. But and each of them is taking a, a different approach and a different perspective. Uh, so far, I didn't see anyone uh, offering uh, to inverse the, the mechanics and create the pool payment, which really brings the, the flexibility uh, to, to the transaction. Right. And as I say, uh, uh, when I had to describe PumaPay to my mother, I told her PumaPay is to blockchain, to crypto, uh, what like uh, credit cards to cash. Right. Currently, the only transaction you can do with crypto is a cash transaction. Yes. You take it out of your wallet and you give it to someone. With PumaPay, your wallet is stays in your pocket and the transaction happens behind the scene without your involvement. Yes. Like companies taking off regular payments from credit cards or standing orders. Okay, very good. Very good. Thank you. And just on the competition, because it's something that people encounter, oh, there's other companies doing this. There is so much room. There is so much yeah. room in this industry. Yeah. Many many yes. players, and you know, I, I saw many projects that are attacking uh, the, the, the payment uh, problem, and they have uh, very good ideas. Yeah, I cannot say, uh, you know, we're the best. I mean, I think we're the best at what we're doing, and I think we have a, a, a unique approach, and I think we're a very good team. But I mean, there are other strong teams, there are other good ideas, there are other solutions, and there's room for everyone, as you said. 
Great. Okay. And then I imagine because, I mean, anybody in any part of the world who's able to access Ether Delta or Fork Delta or whichever exchange it will be on when, when it is on, will be able to purchase Puma Pay tokens. So there's no KYC, certainly not with Fork Delta or Ether Delta. So uh, okay. I, I, I'm letting you know I, that. I, I, okay, I just learned about Fork Delta and Ether Delta in, 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 the, in the past week. I didn't know about that. Their yeah, existence. The, uh, but uh, I, I know that with other exchanges, they have their own requirements for KYC. Yeah, yeah. So, but, which would be dependent, dependent uh, upon the exchange. And then there are a couple of other decentralized exchanges or hybrid decentralized exchanges, which I think are improvements on Ether Delta and Fork Delta. And they have no or a tiny, tiny listing fee. And those are IDEX and DDEX. And you may want to look into those. I'll leave that to you. Those are ERC20 okay. um, platforms. Okay. okay. I, that, yeah. You, you, I'm going to ask you once again any final words, anything you want to say that we haven't covered that you think is important for people to know? Uh, no, I think we really covered everything. Great. And, uh, I just want to say uh, thank you for having me, and uh, it was really a pleasure. You're absolutely welcome, and please, and I've decided you are welcome to come back again. I'd like that, especially if there's any like major news or developments yeah, or something, yeah. do get in touch. Right, or I'll get yeah. in touch with you. And I think it would be a great idea to to interview once again when we release uh, version uh, two with the first uh, recurring uh, mechanism on the blockchain. Great. And when is that? Do you roughly? Uh, by the end of July this year. Okay, good, good. I look forward to it. And then um, for everybody else, I'll have the relevant links in the description below. Do your own due diligence. Do check it out. If you have any questions for myself or you are regarding Puma Pay, please put them in the description below. And one of the things that I can't do, I can't. I do not yet have the technology to extract comments from you. So what I'd instead of me reaching out through the screen to extract comments from you and and clicking the like button or the dislike button, please donate comments, pay in comments for this video. If you have any questions about Puma Pay, have you invested? What do you think about the way that they're working with inversing the payment transaction? Uh, do let me know and and then subscribe. Hit the notification bell. And between now and when I see you next, keep filling your pockets with crypto profits. This is Crypto Rich and Crypto Yuav saying goodbye. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.